Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 120 of All Booked Up, the Buffalo and Erie County Public Libraries podcast about books, movies, and all things pop culture. I am your host, Michelle Snyder. And I am Jacob Miracle. Jacob, how are you today? I'm bopping, man. I came in here playing Ya Ya Ding Dong. You got to get your first little taste of... Is that what that terrible song was called uh, that you I, made me listen oh, to? Oh, so great. So great. I'm still happy. Yeah. I still have a smile on my face. Thinking well, about maybe it. because tomorrow's your birthday. Oh, see, well, thank you, by the way. That's a little, I'm a little more depressed birthday. on that one. Although I do get to match my age to my hockey number now, so that's pretty sweet. What's your hockey number? Oh, 23, of course. <laughs> really, though? No, it's 37, so I'm getting You're 37? Up. Yeah, I'm getting up there. I'm an okay. old man at this See, point. See, your maturity level, I figured you were like 22, so. Oh, thank you. That thank you. I'm out. actually going to take that as a compliment. So I want you to know that for your birthday, I came into work early, and I was like, I'm going to buy him some cupcakes from the vending machine upstairs. No, well, so I, I went like in cupcakes. there, and the vending machine has like an app that you use because I never have any cash. Sure. So I go to use my app, and it was like, you only have a quarter. You can't buy anything. So I was like, all right, add more money. I like to add just a couple bucks because I don't use it a lot. And it was like, new rules. If it's less than $5, you have to pay a service fee. And I was like, what? I just want to buy Jacob some cupcakes. So I was like, fine. So I had to add $10 to this card. So I spent $10 this morning on a nothing and then I was like, can I finally buy this for him? And then the machine was like, well, someone already is doing an order because there's this quarter here. And I was like, yeah, that was me. And it wasn't enough money. So can I please swipe again and get more? <laughs> and it wouldn't let me. Oh and God. it just, I'm immediately furious. That's my Friday. Sorry, Jacob. It's, Happy well, birthday. Here's your nothing. I just appreciate the effort. I spent effort. $10 on you, but it lives in my phone, in an app. And now it'll be terrible because when I'm hungry, I'm going to be like, I can get a Snickers. Yeah. I got ten dollars on this app, and that is not a good mindset for me. I love. I hope. I kind of in the back of my head hope that the machine, when next time it goes, like, oh, we still have twenty five cents. Yeah, like someone else is going to try to buy something, and it's like, sorry, someone put a quarter in here. But like, who's trying to buy the gum? <laughs> yeah, anyway, that's that's friendship, and which is nice because. 2020 has not been good for friendships. No, I we, do we even have friends anymore. Like it's me and you, Michelle. It's, it's that's basically what it is. It's really hard. I was just texting a friend the other day, being like, "Just so you know, we are still friends. Like yeah, that is still a thing that we are." It was real awkward when they hit you back with a new number. Who dis? Yeah, it always hurts. So, like, I mean, I'm gonna just start out with there are many people going through many worse things during 2020 COVID. I acknowledge that. I accept that. But if you don't mind, I would like to complain a little about my slight losses that involve friendship. Gripe away. Thank you. I just want to say, so this was the year I planned so many things friend-wise. So in April, we were supposed to go to Nashville to hang out with our friends who live in Florida that we never see. That's canceled. Two things that can't happen. Canceled. In June, we were supposed to go to Arizona um, for a wedding for friends that we never see canceled yep um in september i'm supposed to go to toronto with two friends because we're all turning 40 this year and we were going to the toronto international film festival Mm -mm. double canceled no festival not even allowed over the border (laughs) and in october i'm supposed to go we were supposed to go to california to do a bunch of national parks and in yosemite we were meeting up with one of my best friends who lives there who i haven't seen in a long time and canceled canceled it's really hard on friendship this year i'm super bummed (laughs) yeah that's it man that's a lot of a lot of plans you got i had a dope year i had like the best year planned 
So, but oh, I haven't. Stinks. I haven't known anyone to get sick. I take that as a win. But you know, we still have to gripe a little. Well, I it's human absolutely. nature. I guess this is one of the good parts about me being a general misanthrope because I do not have to worry about canceling <laughs> events with people for the most part. Well, but you're the loss of movies. Oh my God, that's a big one. Ooh, that's ooh man, my stomach just dropped. Right, Think about that. My God, T- yesterday they Quiet Place and Top Gun got moved. Um, We're never seeing Tenant. Tenant's never coming out. Mulan's never coming out. Bill and Ted is going to be opening on VOD now. It's not. It's not as big a loss. You know what? They're not going to do the Oscars this year because do you realize two? There's no movies. Here's two facts. You know, it would be probably the lead for the best picture this year would be Sonic the Hedgehog. (laughs) Right now, you know what the top grossing movie of 2020 is going to be? It's going to be Bad Boys for Life, the fourth Bad Boys movie because nothing else came out this year. Yowza. It is obnoxious what this year is. Yeah, I mean, everything is canceled and, you know, it's going to go on for so much longer. Unless we all wear our masks. Please, please. please. I just want People, people, just put on the mask. I miss my friends. And speaking of friends, it did get me thinking about some of the best friendships as I mourn at home in TV shows. Because I I feel like that's where you see the best ones. And I mean... So many TV shows definitely focus heavily on romantic relationships. Yeah. But I think history has proven that there have been just as many really magical bromances and ladymances as I believe that they're called. Oh, absolutely. And platonic friendships that keep us highly entertained. Yeah. Like, you know, those kind of things, they don't really happen too often sometimes in real life. So it's nice to see idealized versions of that stuff. Oh, like friendship that close? Close friendships, like oh. bromances. I think. You don't like, have any bromances? Uh, not anymore. I'll I used be your to. Bro. Used to. I'll no, be your you're bro. my top dog, Michelle. Oh, you know your top dog. I mean, everybody needs a partner in crime or a wingman or someone who inherently understands them. And oh, that's that's why we do this show. <laughs> totally. And <laughs> I think that there's a lot of on-screen relationships that are that they provide the most humor and capture our hearts. So we're going to go through some of the most endearing friendships that have graced our TV screens throughout history. These are people that you think of one, you automatically think of the other. I think so. And or maybe you don't know them and then you should definitely check them out because despite having your own best friend, you are sure to be slightly envious of these unique friendships. Oh, for sure. You'd be like, how come me and my buddy can't ever act like that? I don't ever remember. And then you're like, oh, it's a movie. I yeah. think that all the time. Like, literally, there's every TV show and movie where I'll be like, see, Andrew, I like her hair. And he'll literally pause it and be like, but do you remember that people spent two hours doing mm-hmm. her hair and that they constantly stopped filming to fix her hair and that that's not real? And I was like, Gotta put all mousse right. and gel <laughs> yeah. and hairspray. So we're going to get into it. And this is the first one. I'm just going to play a clip because we all know it the greatest friendship TV show of all time. I'm putting it out there. All time. Here it is. What's that? Oh, I'm sorry. I know it's awful, but I have this incredible sweet tooth. What is it? Cheesecake. What kind? Chocolate. Oh, I think this could be the beginning of a beautiful friendship. Thank you for being a friend. Yeah, you got it. The Golden Girls. The Golden Girls, of course. Dorothy Rose, Blanche, and Sophia. Literally the greatest... The greatest friendships. I think a lot of them end up being duos, but I, you this know, one's perfect. Golden Girls, that's a show that, like, when I was a kid, it was one of those shows your parents watched, so I didn't really dig it. I thought it was, like, an older people show. And now when I go and see some reruns nowadays, I'm like, oh, all right, this show's Weird, pretty, pretty solid here. Weirdly, man. I watched it as a kid and found it hilarious, even though I did not understand 75% of the jokes. Yeah. And even now, I still watch it. I watch it almost every day. Like, we'll watch, like, one episode with dinner. Mm-hmm. And still hilarious, 
still missing about 25% of the jokes. Like they'll say things and I'm like, I don't. You'll, you'll get those when you get to about 60. I'm I don't think I'll ever get them because they're like people that were famous at a time that I'm never going to know about. But we got four elderly single ladies who end up just kind of getting like an ad for looking for roommates and they become the greatest of friends and they get into all sorts of shenanigans together is that how that happens i yeah so blanche's husband died so she's living alone so she puts like a notice in like the grocery store notice board that she's looking for roommates and then the dorothy and rose answer it and then eventually sophia's home burns down so she shows up and is like i live here now too and then they're all roommates in florida and yeah they're just, cool. they're constantly dating. Sometimes they're super mean to each other, but all in all, they really love each other. And it's just like such a unique setup. There was no show like it. And There's I feel like they've really kind of tried like to capture some shows like that after, but it never, it never really worked. But I think like a lot of comedy shows have kind of borrowed from it. This is the best comedy writing. There are a lot of shows that I love very much that are very funny. But I truly think that the the laughs per you know episode ratio is highest with Golden Girls. I'm gonna have to you know I really do have to dive back into that show. I feel like I definitely slept on it. I need to go back and check it out. I feel like it's a show seems like I'm gonna enjoy a lot. Yeah, and it's on Hulu. It's just really funny. Like great, just great acting. B. Arthur. Yeah, I get to work on my B. Arthur jokes. Oh, this, she's perfect. You can't make fun of B. Arthur. She's a perfect person. And they make fun of her enough in the show that every <laughs> single line that could ever be used is gone. But all right. Oh, good. I have so some new ammunition. Don't forget, people, you can get it at the library. It's also on Hulu. Catch up on your Golden yeah. Girls. Yeah. Go go watch it, everybody. <laughs> Thank everybody else for being your friend as well. It's a good combination. Sure. Sure. So I'm going to go with the most iconic duo of the 90s. Not since the poet laureate 50 Cent told us that a fat kid and cake go together like one and two have such a combo come around. I'm, of course, talking about the seminal duo of Beavis and Butthead from the 1990s. Of course, that's who you would start with. I I really do hate you. I don't think you totally understand the influence that Beavis and Butthead had. I think it all makes sense to me right now. It all makes sense. Even to this day, like, even when I still laugh, when I hear, like, when somebody says, like, wood, it still makes me chuckle, (laughs) and I still hear that Butthead and Beavis laugh in the back of my head. Oh, I forever hear, like, I am the great Cornholio. Yeah, you hear, like, wood or hard, and you immediately, like, (gasps) it's so so I, stupid. I mean, I can't lie. I think it's funny that you started with them, but I also, I loved Beavis and Butthead. It's I the saw greatest. the movie. It's the movie, funny stuff. The movie is great. I still yeah. enjoy watching the movie. The sh- reruns are good, if a little dated. It, mm. They're coming back, in case you did not hear that. Are they? But, no, are, they, but are they the same, same every, voices? Same. Mike Judge is doing it. So he's okay. coming back, and it's going to be on Car- uh, Car- Comedy Central. Okay. It's going to have two more seasons on Comedy Central, brand new episodes. <laughs> not only that. <laughs> Um, and you also got to think of the influence that they had overall because they have spinoffs of Beavis and Butthead. Daria is a spinoff of Beavis and Butthead. Oh, and that, that was also a great friendship. That's Yeah, Jane Lane and Daria Morgendorf. Yeah. That's another one. That was a spinoff of them. Um, they're making a show about the uh, black cheerleader that was on Daria. I don't remember her name, unfortunately. Okay. They're making another one for her. God, the influence that this show had for being as stupid as it is. I mean, it was a, kind of a genius idea. They were like, we're going to show kind of some music videos on MTV, and mm-hmm. then we're going to have these two doofuses talk about them, but there was definitely something appealing about it. I mean, still, some of those old episodes, like, you just know you turn on an episode, you're just going to turn your brain off and laugh at just the worst jokes that in the real life they wouldn't make you laugh at all but in the context of the show it just makes you chuckle every yeah. single time so you're right oh, it's a good friendship great combo everybody go go check out the reruns before the new ones come out 
Okay. So classic. This um, couple is best friends, but the longest will they, won't they, I feel, on TV would be Elliot Stabler and Olivia Benson on Law & Order oh, SVU. Man. We got we got a Maloney and Haggerty. That's the combination. I mean, really good. Just, I mean, there was so much. Like, I loved that they were friends. And... But I really liked the tension, and I would go back and forth of, like, I want them to love each other. And then I'd be like, no, they do love each other. I want them to just be best friends. So that show really was perfect. Um, I don't watch it. I mean, maybe I'll catch an episode here and there. But after Christopher Maloney left in 2011, it's just not the same. Well, are you excited that he's coming back? I've heard that there is a chance that there's going to be a reunion. Oh, no, it's a guarantee. Is it? They're doing They already signed up for it. It's going to be a reunion movie for uh, the two of them. A movie? I think it's a movie, like a TV kind of movie deal. Oh, wow. Because Maloney's busy, man. That guy's a a legit supporting character in movies now, so he's got time for that. Plus... I mean, God, that show's been on for 97 years, so they probably <laughs> have like $5 billion in royalties. You can't, can't, you can't throw a, a, um, a stone without finding a TV somewhere in the world that has a Law & Order episode on. That show is My so neighbor loves it, and like when her windows are always open in the driveway and I'll pull in after work, and I'm like, oh, she's home. She's watching Law & Order. <laughs> like, it's happening. It's, you know, as popular as Law & Order is, it's hard to believe that SVU is more popular than Law & Order is. I really think it was the acting. Like, the two characters were great. Yeah. Then Mariska, she's the best. That, you're right. That is a great combination. Like, mm-hmm. just the will they, won't they, the show's great, the actors are fantastic. I feel like that's, you know, that's casting is such a huge deal. Yeah. And if a thing makes or breaks, because it's the same show as just regular Law & Order, but... Yeah, they they nailed it with the characters, so it hasn't been the same without him. So I look forward to a reunion. But yeah, nice. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna take things in a dark direction here, Michelle. Are you ready? Oh, okay. One of the best TV bromances of the past ten years, and one of the best shows on TV. I'm talking about Will Graham and Hannibal Lecter on the NBC classic show Hannibal. You know, I've never seen Hannibal. It's oh. on my list, but and Hannibal has a best friend. Just as you were yelling at me <laughs> about Succession before we started watch, um, started the show today, I am gonna just constantly push you to watch Hannibal. Well, but I'm going to watch Hannibal. The thing with these guys is. They're friends, but they're frenemies. If you've read the books, you kind of understand the dynamic because, you know, Hannibal Lecter tried to kill Will Graham. Minor, minor thing. But the thing is, these two, as you're watching the show, you realize that nobody understands them in the world, period. Like, there's nobody that gets them except for each other. Mm -hmm. Like, Hannibal Lecter being the murdering psycho that he is. But Will Graham, he's an autistic guy who kind of you know, empathizes with serial killers and murderers, so he kind of knows where they're coming from. Mm-hmm. So Hannibal kind of finds the only person that he feels like he can kind of open up to and he can actually be his self to. Everybody else he has to put on his cover and everything because, you know, they're going to obviously judge him on it. Will never really gets that way. And Will's the same way. He has all these dark thoughts and ideas in his head all the time that he has to kind of suppress because it's not... You know, it's not socially acceptable. This is a dark friendship. Yeah, it's not socially (laughs) acceptable. But when it comes to Hannibal, Hannibal doesn't judge him about any of this stuff. He's like, okay, I get it. Everybody's got those kind of things. You should not fight against your inner demons. You should embrace them because it's part of what makes you who you are. It's such a good show. It's so violent, so fantastically right. acted. Mods Mickelson and Hugh Dancy do such a good job. They're both great actors, so, so man, I'll get there. Get, get on that show All right. and just be like, I can't believe 
that they didn't do this in the movies and the books. They really missed an opportunity to expand on this in that format. So, oh, at least they out. have it in show form. Yeah, so okay. hopefully we can get it back for season four in Signs of the Lambs, everybody. Let's make it happen. Um, so this next friendship, just so much love here. Um, here are some lines from how this friendship would be described as hoes before bros, ovaries before broveries, uteruses before deuteruses. <laughs> I, I love, love, love the wordplay. So much. <laughs> so that is Leslie and Anne from Parks and Recreation. <laughs> Such. Oh, man, I love that show so much. So great. So there's just not many people that could put up with the huge personality of Leslie no I don't I don't think there's pretty much nobody can but Ann Perkins can she is just like she loves Leslie for who she is and Leslie loves Ann so much as Leslie we all know Leslie really loves Ann like yes that. actually let's I have a clip to show how much Leslie loves Ann and thinks that she's the most beautiful person in the whole world oh, but Ann you're so beautiful beautiful Ann Ann you're beautiful and you're organized oh Ann you're so sweet and innocent and pretty oh Ann Perkins you perfect sunflower. I've said this to you before, and I know it makes you uncomfortable. Oh boy. But you're thoughtful, and you're brilliant, and your ambiguous ethnic blend perfectly represents the dream of the American melting pot. Sweet and beautiful Anne has never been dumped before. Anne, there is nothing harder in the entire world than saying no to your beautiful face. Anne is the greatest human being ever invented. Oh, but right now, you are the most beautiful, glowing sun goddess ever. <laughs> <laughs> so much love. So, so great. So great. I missed watching that show. Oh, I also still watch that show. Um, It all began Anne's boyfriend, Andy. He fell in a pit. And then. Yeah, that's what happened, isn't yep, it? Yep, that's right. And that then one season. of TV's greatest Gail Pale relationships blossomed. We got Galentine's Day from this. Leslie is just like so over enthusiastic and caring with all of her friendships, which yeah. is part of like the charm of her character. But. Yeah, we could pick a couple of people off the show. Her and Ron would be another. Uh, she literally loves everyone. Yeah. She so. buys everyone presents. But her endearment for Anne, I also find my favorites when she called her a poetic and noble land mermaid. <laughs> That's a great line. I'm going to keep that one in mind, actually. Oh, but like, yeah, File like that said, away for future use. One of the most endearing and important relationships in modern television. So watch Parks and Rec for a million different reasons, but yeah, like there's a, mostly for the love between Leslie and Ann. <laughs> yeah, go check it out, everybody. Oh, man, I got, oh man, I missed that show so much. Amy Poehler and Rashida Jones better be friends in real life. I can't imagine that they're not. They show up on each other's stuff enough. Yeah. You, I guess if you work with somebody enough times, you're going to at least be at least be around them. Yeah. All true. right, so the next combination, I'm going with a three-man bromance. Okay. I'm going with Nick Schmidt and Winston from New Girl. Also love them. Yeah, if, if you never watched New Girl, and I understand if you don't because a lot of people don't like Zoe Deschanel, watch it because is that true yeah they find her like a hipster kind of hipster queen and they annoy what maybe annoy that's how it. you feel <laughs> no, I've, I've read a couple things about it but okay. no she hasn't been in anything lately and she got second cast on her own show but we'll get into that in a second so new girl was a great show about a girl moving in with a bunch of guys after she breaks up with her boyfriend into an apartment that is not realistic for los angeles oh no all, not at so all we're clear the, the usual tv trope <laughs> yeah. of nothing makes sense so she moved there, and she these three guys are already living together. Well, Coach was living at the time, and then mm -hmm. they brought Winston in. Um, but eventually the show went from being a Zoe Deschanel vehicle to basically just revolving around the three ma uh, male roommates and 
the shenanigans that they got into around the four of them very equally well okay it did a little bit even her friend like it really became all of them it did but i feel like at the first they were trying to focus on her and then as the show evolved they started playing off the other guys which i think is what happens a lot on shows it's like oh characters that like chris pratt meant to be on a couple episodes of season one and then they're like oh it really worked yeah um, but this, this the trio of them, they've been friends for so long. They have all this backstory that they would build upon, that they would yeah. bust out in future episodes. I love Schmidt so much. Oh, I mean, the breakout star I of that really show. hated him in the first season, too. And then yeah, they, you know, they toned it down, and then he just became pure charm. Yeah, he just became like a doofus, basically. <laughs> a misogynistic <laughs> doofus is basically what it became. But just the interplay between the three of them and with uh, Zoe Deschanel as the show goes on, it's just a great combination of both a mixture of platonic friendship when it came to her and the guys, mm-hmm. except for one case, and just the guys coming from different backgrounds and finding each other, not even when they're kids. Like, they all met, like, when they were in college. Half of them did, at least. And it's just such a good combination of how people think of friendship sometimes. They always assume it's a one-on-one kind of thing. The group, um, Friend groups are a thing that I feel like people underrate sometimes. Hmm. Like, they're a good, co- good thing to have because... If it's just the two of you kind of get stale ideas, the more people you introduce, it kind of keeps things fresh and moving, you know, get different perspectives on things. Sure. Yeah. More perspective is always the better. So go check that one out. everybody. Okay. Now let's get into the original TV show, Gale Pills. Oh, these are the ones that started it all, which would be Lucy and Ethel. Oh, yeah, they would be, wouldn't they? Of course. I love Lucy classic. Um, An important one in TV history because it marked the first time that a show was led by two females. So, I mean, oh, it's a yeah, really big deal. Sense. Yeah. And it's now considered one of the greatest and most influential sitcoms of all time. And so, yeah, obviously, I'm sure that you expected them to, to pop up on, yeah, on mean, our episode today. If we're doing a show about friendships, we have to have the I Love Lucy group in there. Yeah. I mean, this was six seasons of just. There only six seasons? Yeah. Wow. It feels like that show was on so much longer than that. Yeah. And I mean, character development was not as prominent no, back in the 50s instead you know it really relied largely on slapstick humor right. and stuff but i would say that due to lucille ball and vivian vance were terrific friends in real life oh they were like okay. best friends yeah and that really comes across in the show and adds to its charm okay they even That's had their own special friendship song Oh, did they? Yeah, they sing it after buying the same dress. So you're gonna sing it for us? I'm not gonna sing that one. I've done it. it. I've done enough today. But I mean, everyone knows I love Lucy. But again, if you can revisit it, it, especially during these terrible times, it will make you feel better. Okay. Excellent friendship. All right. You can definitely find them. They're on all the time again. Yes. Um, next one I'm going to go with, I'm going to actually go with a twofer here because you know, they're pretty much self-explanatory. Uh, Abby and Alana from Broad City. Of course. I mean. I love them. Yeah. That show came out of nowhere. I did not expect it to be any good and then I started watching it and it was great. And yeah. just these two are just the best of friends. If you think of an um, R-rated version of uh, Anne and uh, Leslie. That's actually a good call. It's pretty much exactly what these guys are. The show is fantastic. These two love each other so they much. They are inseparable. Yeah. They're just like two Even though one might love one a little more than the the other well, yeah. <laughs> like we'll let you discover what that <laughs> yeah. means everybody yeah. you'll, you'll find out eventually um the stranger things cast all the kids on that show that's basically what that show is built around is just oh, the interplay man. between those um five friends don't lie yeah Very Ma- important. imagine imagine that one that's oh, a, i love the kids from so, stranger so naive. things they're so great Eleven, um, mike dustin I don't even remember. It's been like two Will years Will Lucas. Now. Although what we could say that Dustin and Steve's friendship might even be stronger. Maybe. Maybe. We'll see in they're season. Super in love. We'll see in season four. We don't know what they're going to do. And of course, 
the obvious one, the Seinfeld cast. I mean, we can't do a friend wing without busting them out Although at some point. sometimes they're the worst friends in the entire world they're, to each other. They're the, for the worst the part. They're the worst people in general. Like, <laughs> yeah. it's like the, the last episode, as terrible as it was, like that Good Samaritan thing, they're right. These are like the worst, people, the worst people of all time. Like, oh. So sometimes they were good to each other, but for the yeah, most part. In general, not so much, but um, yeah. Three combinations, but nothing really to say about them. And then just to annoy you, I guess I'll throw in uh, Trent, Chuck, and Orange Cassidy, the best friends of AEW. All Elite Wrestling's All right. number one trio. I'm going to do mine now. You get no <laughs> more time here. Um, I want to talk about uh, the show Insecure I bring up a lot because I think it's also one of the best shows out there. And Issa and Molly are best friends on it. It's probably the newest yeah, it's definitely the newest show um, on our list here. So, yeah, get up to date on it. It's on HBO. Um, Issa Rae plays Issa, and Yvonne Orji plays Molly. And it's really just them. They're, da- they're navigating, like, the dating scene and their careers in L.A., but they always just come back to each other and are there to support each other. They're really, really funny. Issa's a mess. Molly's, like, the put-together <laughs> one. She's usually picking up the pieces. I really love that show. Um, also... I feel like this was hashtag squad goals before there was ever such a stupid hashtag anyway. <laughs> and that would be, you ready? I'm ready. Let's you know do it. who it is? Another foursome that isn't the Golden Girls? Are we talking about the Big Bang Theory? Ew. I know I was going to annoy you. That's why I, I got thrown out there. that show. <laughs> Carrie, Miranda, Charlotte, and Samantha, Sex in the City. Oh, speaking of shows people hate. No, again, (laughs) I love when you hate things and you're like people. Just because the things that you're reading, weird dude bro stuff that's always hates women things. I am the silent majority. That was a hugely popular show that spawned. Beavis and Butthead love women, so don't say all of my picks hate women. Oh, brother. (laughs) Um, Okay, so Sex and City, yeah, that's definitely a friendship that makes sense. That was a huge show. And And movies. Realistic aspects of the friendship. I mean, obviously, she wrote like once a month for a, a. newspaper and lived in a beautiful apartment and bought a million pairs of shoes but um they really would come together and support each other and be there for each other but then they would have fights and do things that felt really very realistic mm-hmm. um but like i said all in all they loved each other and play with just one clip which is a really beautiful moment of their friendship all right let's, and you're gonna take it let's do it my eyes are already welling up <laughs> The longer I sat at that table, the more alone I felt, and it really hit me. I am 35 and alone. You are not alone. No, I know I have you guys, but... And I really, I hate myself a little for saying this, but... It felt really sad. Not to have a man in my life who cares about me. No special guy to wish me happy birthday. No goddamn soulmate. I don't even know if I believe in soulmates. Don't laugh at me, but maybe we could be each other's soulmates. And then we could let men be just these great, nice guys to have fun with. Well, that sounds like a plan. Yeah, see? See, I think you were right there. Friendship. I, that was a show that 
I had two problems with one. It wasn't aimed towards me and I was too young to watch it. I feel like that's why I never got into it. Yes. Like it wasn't aimed for 18 year old guys. To no. Watch. And that's fair. And I probably started that show when I was around 18 and loved it. You yeah. know, and my friends would meet up on Sundays so we could watch it together. It's you can always tell a show is big uh, when HBO has watch parties for it. Like Game yeah. of Thrones that way. Sopranos. I that mean, way. when the first movie came out, my friend and I went and we got we literally got dressed up went to a fancy dinner beforehand, had like wine, like real classy. Like we were like, we're so stupid, but this feels right. We get to the theater. I am not every, there was all women in groups and everyone was dressed up. And oh, I was that's like, oh, awesome. It's like, so like, yeah, maybe that's dumb, but it's like so cute. So really enjoyed that it. That is adorable. Second movie was trash. Well, the worst, the worst trash garbage ever. It was what you call a cash grab. So. I also took my grandma after I saw the first movie, I took my grandma to see it again um, because she also liked Sex in the City mm-hmm. and it's one of my favorite moments of all time because we're watching the movie and there's a scene where there's like a man in the shower and he turns around and you get like a moment of like full frontal you Get some dong in that nudity. movie. <laughs> and my grandma started just cracking up in the audience and she was like ha ha they showed his dorker oh, <laughs> nice. like, like, that's a new word for me so really great great it's memories much, there it's a much um, better experience for you than when you went to go take your grandma to see 50 shades of gray that was ew, just awful for you um i just want to quickly mention before we head out brooklyn 99 i love jake peralta and charles boyd great combo another silly little show but has enough laughs that it's worth watching and I love 30 Rock, but really Liz Lemon and Jack Donahue's friendship. Another show I have to catch up on. Oh, you never watched 30 Rock? No, it was the same thing with The Office. I wasn't really in a 30-minute sitcom, 24-episode okay. thing. I got to go back and catch it up. because. Oh, yeah. Tina Fey and Alec Baldwin are really wonderful together. They're so different, but it's kind of like Leslie and Ron. They really find that common ground and that love. So it's a great show. There's a lot of great shows. Let us know if we uh, if we miss any of your favorites. And Jacob, why don't you plug us up? The lucky part about all this is you can catch up on all these shows because we have them all at your local library. We have 37 branches all over Erie County. Some are open, so check our website at www.buffalolib.org to know what the hours are and which ones are open. Uh, you can also check out and get some ebooks going on um, on the website, so check it out for that. You can place holds, check out the catalog, all that good stuff. And uh, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at AllBookedUpPod. Uh, so you can chat with us there and tell us all the obvious stuff that we missed because I'm sure there's a million of them. I mean, we know there's more, but these are the ones we loved the most. So yeah. did you know, Jacob, that in a lifetime mm-hmm. you make 396 friends, mm-hmm. but only one out of 12 friendships lasts? I, that's, that even seems a little high, to be honest well, with you. Yeah, so you got to hold on to the people. you got to make the effort. Stop just texting. Stop canceling plans. It's kind of like... You, you have to do the things with the people you love. Yeah, it's kind of like um, with your body, with yourself. Like every five years, like you just lose friends and maybe you gain a couple other ones. It's just not a cycle. So. It's definitely something you have to work on. Also, um, I read some studies that it, and this is not surprising, but it's the friendship aspect in a marriage that makes it last. So according to John Gottam, successful marriages are based a great deal on deep friendship because mutual respect for each other's company plus a good knowledge of each other's quirks, likes, and dislikes is good for the marriage. They found that spouses who were friends, you know, Mm. kind of first, they try harder to make repairs and it like during a spat. Well, yeah, because you have more to lose. Like, I hate to say it, but you're not just you're losing. You're like, oh, I'd be uh, losing like my best bud, too. Yeah, exactly. So, so also interesting, close friends share about 1% of their DNA. 
So listen to this. So, you know, a recent study suggests that close friends share 1% of their DNA, making them as close genetically as fourth cousins. Researchers at Yale University and the University of California, San Diego, took data from 2,000 people and found that the chemistry that draws friends together might stem from shared DNA. Interesting theory. Isn't that really interesting? Hmm. And it could kind of help explain the evolution of friendship. So I don't know. I think that more study needs to come from that. But I found that really interesting that maybe yeah. we share a little bit of DNA that draws us together. They do say that you end up being friends with people that you find attractive. So not obviously in like a sexual way, but that there that's is that's how something. We be, that's how we became friends. <laughs> yeah. Definitely on your end. <laughs> yeah. No, and this one spoke to me in a really deep way, and I'm angry at all my friends, but your friends influence your weight. Oh, yeah. That one I can guarantee yep. you is true. If your best friend eats a healthy diet, then you're likely to do the same, and if they eat junk food, you know, then... You're going to eat junk food. That's what's going to happen. And considering that, you know, my one of my best buds is my husband and he eats like a garbage truck. This explains a lot of my life. So and when I see my friends, all we want to do is go out and eat and drink and get 10 appetizers and oh. dessert. So at least you guys have sense. a shared hobby. You look at <laughs> yeah, it that way. Something. All right, you guys. Thank you for being our friends and listening to this episode. We are going to take a couple weeks off and come up with some new show ideas. Take a little rest and relaxation. So we will catch you august 17th with a new episode stay safe wear your mask we'll catch you next time bye